Climbing to the cockpit with pilot and Link Square's Chief Legal Officer, Tim Perilla, as he invites legal leaders aboard to share advice that will help you navigate even the most turbulent times of in-house counsel work. We'll cover a range of topics from data privacy to legal team structure to public company transactions and beyond. You don't want to miss this series. Fasten your seatbelt and prepare for takeoff. You're listening to Cockpit Council. Well, welcome everybody. Thanks for joining uh, another episode here of Cockpit Council. My name is Tim. I'm the Chief Legal Officer at Linksquares, and uh, joining me today is Jonathan, who is uh, who is my first hire on the legal team. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, no, appreciate it, Tim. Um, so I have been here now for for about two months, and I've been in, working in house for a little over ten years. Um, I actually, prior to going to law school, I did the Peace Corps. And so nice. did, um, yeah, took that. Ex- it, it was actually interesting because you learn a lot of just valuable practical skills in, in a role like that. Um, so after going to law school, I actually went directly in-house. Uh, I worked at a tech company um, in the energy management space for four years. Um, there I um, wore a lot of hats, but the primary role was was commercial contracts and also um, actually working on our contract management system at the time. So that there was, a, there was a heavy role. I think we'll probably talk a little bit about that later. Right. Um, so then fast forward from that, I ended up working at another company also in the, the tech space um, called Savvy Technology. And there I um, also wore multiple hats. There I actually worked in HR. Um, as is, I think, the trend, HR and legal are starting to collapse a little bit more. And so there I was actually doing tr- traditional HR roles in addition to the legal role um, working in an in-house tech company. And then nice. recently, I was at a cybersecurity company in the email phishing space. And there I worked in a commercial counsel role and negotiated. Um, the primary role was negotiating contracts with, with large enterprise customers. Nice. Nice. And then, and then you jumped on to Link Squares. <laughs> cool. So, uh, so one thing before we, before we get into the couple of, couple of topics to talk about uh, today, um, do you have a pre-flight ritual? I do. I do. It's, uh, I always check the morning of the flight to have, make sure I have my TSA pre-check is on my boarding pass yeah. because I know if it's not on there, I am not making that flight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're like you're one of one of those like run through the airport kind of people then, huh? Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm the nobody else is actually boarding and they're about to close the door, and I I like to smoothly then just sort of hand my ticket and uh, and hop on. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So. Um, you know, it's, it's obviously a little bit, a little bit different. Um, you know, having having somebody, uh, somebody else from Link Square is on here. I think the last time we did that was with Vishal, and I think that was our kickoff uh, episode, which uh, which was pretty fun. We talked a lot about our our Series B fundraise. Uh, but you know, when when you joined, there were probably about a hundred or so people here, uh, maybe a hundred twenty. Um, you know. Tell me a little bit about what that experience has been like uh, for for you, 
um, you know, jumping in and, and uh, sort of grabbing onto grabbing onto this for for dear life, trying to hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, when you just have the volume of work, which is a great thing, of uh, particularly in the contract space that that we we do. Um, it's it's pretty easy to jump in. So I would say the um, it's it's actually very exciting. And I think the first thing that I think we even talked about this in the interview was the most important thing when I got here was to just build the relationships with the business team. Um, make sure folks knew that that we're business partners and we're here to support. And I think uh, it, it it has been there's a there's been a lot going on, but I think that makes our work. Um, and the process around it just so much smoother. And it's been pretty easy to integrate because I think the our, our business team has been pretty appreciative of that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, it's it's critical. And, and that was something that definitely we, we did talk about uh, a lot in the interview process was really like having a passion for developing those relationships and, and, and forming that partnership between uh, the revenue organization and and the legal function. Um, so, you know, any tips? Do you have any tips for for folks who are maybe coming into a high growth stage organization? Um, you know, with like very heavy, you know, AE driven, sales rep driven uh, revenue function. Yeah. So, I mean, tip number one is sort of going back to that is 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 your relationships are key. And I think it's easy to lose the human aspect um, when you're focusing on a technical skill. And that's in our trade, that's just something you can lose. Forgetting the human aspect is not something you just can't lose sight of. Like you, you always have to remember that you're always dealing with humans. And so just being able to interact with all the, the AEs um, in, in, at that human level, um, I think is, is very important and always keeping sight of that. Um, and then I think it's also very important when you're working with your business colleagues to explain what you're doing and, and you know why you're doing it because when they understand that they're supportive and they're they're they are they are negotiating with you rather than trying to undercut you in any way and so i think that's that's also very important when you're stepping into a high growth tech company with a lot of sales volume yeah absolutely i think you know that that is an important point and you know at at, at some level it helps you know, I, I found at least throughout my career, it actually helps me to crystallize issues and crystallize positions if I have to explain it to a non-lawyer, right? Because you, you really have to put it in terms that are like, why does this limitation of liability really matter, right? Why does this indemnification provision really matter? If you can explain to a business person and get them to be on your side and be like, oh, that makes perfect sense why we would do that, then, you know, usually you find yourself in a pretty good spot. To, to be able to go back and, and, you know, get at least close to what you need out of that. So, yeah, it's, um, that's, that's an excellent, excellent part of the, of the job for sure. Absolutely. Um, and when you're stepping into a new role in particular, once you explain it, to be quite honest there, you're also familiarizing yourself with the company and the product and they can provide you a lot of insight and like details into operations, et cetera. That can sort of help that help bolster those arguments, so you can speak in very intelligently to to the counterparty who has the questions or the concerns. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, Jonathan, when you think about when you think about sort of where your career path is going, right? 
how how is is this role and and you know i i'm certain that this is a little bit challenging given that given that you know i'm i'm your direct manager but uh, <laughs> now like like when you think about your career five years from now ten years from now um whether it's at least squares or elsewhere doesn't that's not what this is about you know what what happens today that gets you to where you want to be and where do you want to be that's a good question. It's uh, so I think um, if I can talk about sort of what helped make my selection, um, the selection process with Link Squares and sort of what attracted me to the company, I think at this point in my career, it's going to be very similar to what where I am in five years. And I think the most important thing was uh, you want to work in an exciting space. And um, if, if I'm st- uh, I do probably expect to be in house. So working in house, I would expect to to work for an exciting company. Um, the the people here have just been absolutely amazing. And so I wanna work with good people. And, and that to me is just such an important part of the job. And then I think there's always, you're always looking for some level, some, some type of growth. And it doesn't always have to be a job title growth. Um, right now, my career is at a path where there has been job title growth at each stage and it's been incremental. Um, where in, in five years, it's, you sort of hit a point where there's potentially opportunities where you're growing in job title, but there's also very potentially, uh, excuse me, there's other opportunities where it might be a different job title, but the role is very interesting and it's an opportunity to learn something new. So I think always being in growth mindset. Yeah. That's, yeah. That, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I hopefully, hopefully what you're doing here is, um, you know, is, is putting you on that right path and, you know, obviously, as we, you know, as we continue to grow and um, continue to see uh, to see our organization develop, like the legal role is obviously going to develop, uh, develop along with it. And so when you think about like, like your, your hiring decision. So, you know, for, for those listening, I've, you know, I've tasked Jonathan with really putting together a plan and figuring out, OK, how do we grow our department and how do we grow it consistent with the scale of the rest of the business? Um, and and so Jonathan, I'd love to just hear, hear you talk just a couple of minutes about some guiding principles that you think about when you're when you're thinking about all right, what's my next legal hire and what's the hire after that? What does that look like? What does the profile look like? Um, and even from like a like a size and scale of the organization, like how does how does how does the timing of that uh, that plan sort of shift? Yeah, absolutely. So I think one, you're always looking at sort of what is the business need. Um, I think one of the the great things, um, given that contracts is such a focus of an in-house department, um, one of the great things with our tool is the opportunity to really get deep insights into what the contract work is that an individual is doing. And so being able to sort of stay abreast of that and to have that that really important data is is very important and something that helps in the decision-making process. Um, when, when I am looking to make a hire, um, I'm looking for somebody who's going to sort of fit a business need and, um, and a sort of a major, whatever the the pain points are as far as sort of the, the amount of work and, and the requests coming, coming in. Um, so always thinking about that and then trying to scale the role to, to be a, uh, 
to, um, or excuse me, scale, uh, scale the hire to be the right fit for the organization at that time. And so if it's hiring a commercial contracts, um, somebody to be focusing on commercial contracts or somebody to be more of a specialist um, over time, is it hiring a, a generalist or hiring somebody very specific in areas like product and, and privacy? And, and that's just keeping abreast with the organization and sort of tracking the growth of the organization and, and the needs. And just um, a lot of that's also just internal feedback um, and learning, knowing more about the business and sort of where the business is going at, at um, sort of in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. So I wanna, I wanna circle back, uh, completely unrelated question, I should have asked it in, in real time. Um, so you're in the Peace Corps, right? Yeah. Where, where'd you go? So I went to Azerbaijan. Okay. What so, was that? Yeah, it's it was fantastic. It's uh, just south of Russia, north of Iran, um, east of Turkey. It, it was phenomenal. Uh, I was with the first Peace Corps group that had gone to the country um, since they had, were um, under the Soviet regime and post-collapse um, of the, the Soviet regime. Um, we were essentially the first Westerners to, to, to be there and live in that country. And Peace Corps' goal is to have you living in very small villages. So they just throw you into a small village and you're just essentially supposed to, to, to figure it out. And I think that skill of being dropped somewhere and having to figure it out, having to interact with so many different people, um, doing the things that you used to do with such ease in your everyday life back home, and it's it's completely different when you're in a foreign country and you need a little additional help, like just buying groceries your first week is a challenge when you when you don't speak the language. And so you have to have that ability to to be able to come into an environment, learn very quickly, and also build a lot of relationships. So that was it was super cool, and it's something that I've taken with me to um, sort of my my business life um, since. What what made you what made you take that step? Anyway, so so there you were. You're like, what <laughs> am I going to do next? What like what was the deciding factor? What was going on in your life at the time? Yeah, I, I just wanted to see the world. Um, yeah. wanted to to try new foods. Um, just <laughs> wanted to new learn new languages. Um, and yeah, I just wanted that sense of what's out there. You, you graduate college, and it's fun being on campus, but you're in a bit of a bubble and there's a whole wide world out there. And so it's just, it's just fun. You, you just feel like you feel like you're, you're, you jumped in the deep end and, and now you're forced to swim. And that was just so, that was so cool. That's awesome. That is awesome. Um, so if you, if, if you had to give any advice to somebody who's like thinking about going into going into some type of public service, like whether it's within a legal career or not, what are some of the things that, that you would warn people about? Be like, you need to be prepared for A, B, C, D, and E that they just don't tell you in sort of the recruiting videos, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, I think it's uh, when, when you're going into a role like that, you just have to remember there's a reality there and that whatever the vision is, and I think in particular, Everybody thinks when they're going into a role like that, like the impact I am going to make, it's subtle. It's right. you see yourself after three months making helping propel, uh, propel some sort of change, and that's just not going to happen in most of most public service roles. Um, 
potentially in the during your tenure, um, or it could even be decades and decades. Um, but a lot, oftentimes, it does take that that time to actually perpetuate whatever change or improvement you're you're trying to to essentially uh, affect. So I just think it's just remembering <laughs> there's a reality there, and that. Right. Just because you think something like doesn't mean it's usually changing other people's behaviors, and that doesn't happen over a day, nor should it. Right. Always. Exactly. Exactly. So, coming out of that experience, what you know, if you had to pick a couple of things that that really on you know maybe not a daily basis, but a very consistent basis, like what what are those things that have shaped you and and helped you? Is there anything that you can point to from that experience to say, if I wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't be as good at A, B, C, D, or E? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think to me it was, again, going back to the building the relationships, um, it's it's really hard to build relationships uh, when you don't speak a language <laughs> at first. <laughs> right. And, and so you get really good at using whatever you have, whatever tool you have to, to build that relationship. Um, you get very good at it. And you also realize how important sort of anybody can potentially be that you come across and interact with, how important they can be to actually helping you. Um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's the, you know, it, being friends on the street with somebody and just, um, you know, in that, in that little village, they're, there was one American and everybody knew who that person was and they all wanted to chat with you. And so right. just being respectful of everybody, it would end up coming, becoming so useful. Um, I, there are several times I was stranded on the side of a road, maybe a car or a bus broke down and then somebody who I didn't remember, but I had somehow greeted them on the street, saw me and they were like, get in, <laughs> we'll give you a ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So uh, getting, you know, getting back a little bit to, um, you know, to sort of present day and, and, and what's what you're doing at Link Squares, what has been the, if anything, what has been the most surprising thing about Link Squares that you didn't necessarily expect when you joined? And what I, what I mean by that is maybe not like necessarily specific to Link Squares, but is there anything that, that, that you've encountered that you did not expect going into a company this size, growth stage company, right? Um, is there is there anything that that sort of took you you know took you by surprise? Yeah, I would actually say this was a really pleasant surprise. Um, just how approachable our management team here is, and and Vishal in particular, um, the fact that. He, you know, he he gets to know all of the employees. He interacts with everybody. Um, it's it's um, it's super cool, and not every organization is like that. And so that was definitely a, a pleasant surprise. Um, so that, I would say that's probably been the biggest surprise. Nice. Any uh, and anything negative? I know again is stop. But <laughs> <laughs> what's what's I guess what's been a challenge that you've had to overcome? Maybe we ask it that way. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, no, awesome. I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's I think um one of the one of the challenges that um 
I think you have with any sort of legal group that's building is just where where does legal fit right now in the processes? Um, working at other organizations, it's 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 been different um, where legal has has been positioned, and so you you look back to your experience and you you ask yourself, well, was that the right approach? Like, let's say legal was a part of this process, should they have been? Does that make sense for this business? And so just trying to figure that out has been something that has, I was surprised that I would spend so much time thinking about it. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's definitely something that, uh, particularly if you're a legal team of one, um, it's it's tough to to really define that. And a lot of times you just have to insert yourself into situations. And when you think about how to grow, you know, how to grow the legal function, you know, that's that's a big thing that I that I really think about on a day in and day out basis is, you know, what what does Link Square's legal look like? Right. What's what's the you know, what's the the day in and day out interaction? You know, obviously you have certain things that that you're going to be involved in, right? You do a financing or something like that. You need the lawyers involved. There's, you know, any potential uh, any potential lawsuits or people issues or anything like you have sort of your typical stuff. Yep. But, you know, at, at Link Squares, it's, it's great being being customer zero. Right. Um, the fact that we're building software for like our company builds software for our function is is a really neat perspective to have and, and being able to being able to actually um, try to design a legal organization that provides benefit and insight in an extremely transparent way has been something that's been um, front of mind for me and something that I've really been trying to push and and really taking advantage of the opportunity to educate uh, educate all of our team whether you do you're in product and engineering, whether you're in, you know, the operations function or you're you're selling the product and you're on the phones, you know, talking to GCs. Um, it's something that that I I really wanted to just make sure that the the legal function is there to be a teacher as well and say, listen, these are the problems that we're going with. These are the problems that you're trying to solve. And um, and so when when you think about building an organization, uh, a legal organization within a company, like that finding out where that fit is, is really important because it also helps to guide the, the profile of person that you want to bring into, bring into the org. Right. When I think yeah, about good. what, like you, you know, you're, you're my, my, my first hire, obviously. And, um, you know, what, what really did it for me was, you know, I, I knew that you were going to be competent sufficiently competent to review these contracts not horribly complicated right it's a SaaS, you know attack transaction okay like you've been doing this for 10 plus years i i'm pretty sure you know what you're doing okay like not hugely complicated but it was everything else sort of about the way that you approach the legal function and the way you think about your role within the business that did it for me because i when i started thinking about what this organization looks like you know when we have 500 people 
and we are, you know, and we are doing two, three, four X the number of deals that we're doing today. What does that function need to look like? And, you know, is Jonathan the right person to help sort of build and put his fingerprints all throughout the organization and, and continue to carry that sort of development of the legal, the legal function um, throughout that growth? And so that, you know, that that fit aspect is something that's absolutely critical. Absolutely critical. Um, I, I was I was actually always wondering because <laughs> I know there was a lot of stellar resumes submitted. So I was always wondering, like, yeah, what? <laughs> how you made that decision. So, yeah, because well, I mean, it, it is in, in so many ways. And for anyone who's listening, who is, um, I mean, who is a team of one growing to a team of two or a team of 10 growing to a team of 15 or any really with any hire you make, like I found that. Because I've I've made I've made some really strong hires in my career. I've made some not so strong hires in my career, and in every you know, I th I think that the uh, the strong hires absolutely um, you know were were the folks who were who were the strong team players who understood that as as an attorney and in a in a in a company you're literally just an input. You're nothing more than that, right? And, and the business can choose to do what the business wants to do with that input that you provide. And so like bringing that sense of humility and that sense of like understanding where your place is, has been a hallmark of, of, you know, the successful people, at least that I've worked with um, and, you know, been fortunate enough to stand next to. And, and, you know, sort of the other side of that coin where people, where I found that people have failed is, is really people who, who are thinking me first instead of team first. And so, um, you know, that and, and people who who try to play this whole like oh do you know I'm 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 not going to take a, a position on an issue I'm just going to tell you this is what the law is and let you fall on your face making whatever decision so I can say oh that's not my problem I just told you what the law is you made your choice sorry that's not me right like those those are the people that that for me uh, in my organizations didn't last very long. And, you know, not necessarily because they were bad lawyers, they just didn't, they didn't take any ownership of anything, right? And so, like, having, having that perspective, that humility and, and owning what, what you're doing is, has, been, has been the hallmarks of a successful hire. And, you know, I think, Jonathan, you exemplify all of that, which, is, which has been great. So, I know we've just got a couple of minutes left. Jonathan, any uh, any last minute thoughts? Any anything else that? Uh, okay, this is this is going to sound like a weird question, but uh -oh. <laughs> any, any any one thing, any one thing that that people would be surprised to hear about you that has nothing to do with your work. Ooh, something that any that weird hobby or anything like that. Like I fly airplanes. That's you know that's that's my that's my sort of fun hobby. <laughs> Yeah, so I think my, um, <laughs> yeah, um, which by the way, you owe me that flight. <laughs> that's, that's, well, listen, next time you need to get back to DC, I'll, I'll take you down there. It's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say my, um, I don't know how weird these hobbies are. Um, I try to keep it pretty normal. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I do, I'm a regular hot yoga attendee. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> And any, uh, advice, any advice for someone going to their first hot yoga class? What to expect? 
Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and this this is gonna get a little meta here, but uh, right. <laughs> when you uh, yeah, I, I would say prepare yourself to just to do your best and not try too hard because you're not gonna make it to the second class if you try too hard because you probably don't know what you're doing. <laughs> and um, and you'll, you'll never do the incremental steps that you need to actually make the change. And so it's, it's actually pretty hilarious to see these uh, uh, like pretty like athletic, uh, usually they're dudes, right. um, pretty athletic dudes who go to the yoga class and like run out after like 10 or 15 minutes um, <laughs> because they've been trying so hard and they don't really know how to engage the muscles the right way okay. um, that they're just, they just overheat. And really all you need to do at that point is just stop and relax. And you don't even need to, they, they tell you in the class, you don't need to do everything that everybody else is doing, but these folks can't not like try to, to do everything at 110% and right. show off, like, you know, show that they can do it. So I would say that's a, <laughs> and I think that's a good metaphor for life. That's where I get a little meta. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> don't try too hard. All right. <laughs> Maybe that's not the right way to do it, but yeah. I I, Change happening in incremental stages. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much. Uh, it's been, been great having you on. And, uh, you know, and, and also, you know, great having you as a, as, as the second member of the legal function here, it's, uh, it's been great. And all the feedback from the organization has been positive. So keep up the good work, keep supporting it. And, uh, you know, for everyone who joined, thanks so much for joining. We'll see you next time. Classic. Thanks. Thanks.